quiver's full of hope. I've got the urge to walk the prairie and chase the antelope. Aspen's gold on snow-capped peaks, the elk call me away. I can't keep my mind on working on this fine September day. I've got Nimrod neurosis, longbows on the brain. I'm an outdoor junkie through and through, hunts my middle name. My eyes are on the target, broadheads all fly true. Can't wait till I can get outside so I can fling a few. Welcome back to the Track Quest Podcast. I'm your host, James Orr, and we've got Bob the Bowhunter Borland with us as always. What's going on, Bob? How much, buddy? Living the dream. How you doing? I'm doing swell. Enjoying the steelhead fishing and looking forward to uh, getting together with you guys, you and Andy, this weekend up at the big sportsman show. Yeah, it's going to be sweet. Yeah, it's going to be cool to uh, go rub some shoulders with a bunch of guys. Um, we've been uh, doing the podcast now for, oh, we've been putting episodes out, I think, for nine months, but we've been kind of working on this project for one year. This is kind of the, we just had the um, traditional archers of Oregon banquet, and that's kind of where we met up and started kind of getting the ball rolling. So it's, we're kind of, you know, technically about one year into to you know not exactly releasing the podcast but doing all the footwork and getting it rolling yeah it's been a year huh yeah it's been it's been a a really cool year we've made a ton of new friends doing the podcast uh it's opened up a lot of doors uh opportunities to uh possible um hunts all around the country you know it's been it's been a ton of fun for sure and who doesn't like to sit down with some cool guys and talk about hunting every week. So, well, my wife might not like it, but we sure do. That's for sure. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. For sure. And we've just been, you know, really taking our time on, uh, trying to find, you know, partners that we believe in. And we're starting to, uh, get a list together of guys that seem to believe in us as much as we believe in them. And we think that that is super important because we want to uh, align ourselves with uh, guys that we can be with for the long run. I mean, we're doing trad quest. Uh, you know, we're, we're doing this for the long run. Uh, we're doing this as a hobby to uh, grow traditional archery. I mean, that's and, and, and learn uh, in, in the process. Yeah. Share that, share everything that we've learned and our guests have learned with uh with all our listeners and some good yeah. hunting stories to boot who doesn't like to, those right <laughs> yeah absolutely and we we want to bring uh, you know some of the the guys before us the legends uh that have been doing this uh before we were thought of and uh we want to uh find those guys that no one's ever heard of that are finding success in the elk woods and the deer woods and the bear woods uh, you know, year in and year out. And tonight, um, we're bringing, uh, Aaron Snyder from Kufaro International back on. And we kind of dive into, um, all that we get it. He's, uh, a, a super awesome guy that, uh, has dabbled in traditional archery and has, 
uh, gone away from it and has came back, I think, uh, for good. I mean, he really loves traditional archery, and you're really going to hear that by hearing this interview. And we're also super excited to announce our first partnership with Kifaru. Um, it's, uh, it means a lot to us that Aaron's reached out to us and is willing. He believes in what we're doing. And that, I mean, that's huge. Yeah. Couldn't be anybody better to partner up with. That's for sure. And of course, Kifaru makes, you know, amazing packs and shelters and all that good stuff. And Aaron's just a solid guy, super honest, you know, and we appreciate honesty for sure, especially with what we're doing. So yeah, yeah. that it goes, it goes a long ways and being Western hunters, they make made in the USA, which means a lot to us having uh, products that are made right here in America and they're putting out, you know, the best backpacks, shelters, jackets, uh, they ha- they just have awesome gear, and so we couldn't be more excited to partner with a company that we believe in, and to have them approach us and say they believe in what we're doing, it's it's a it's a huge day for us. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And uh, you know, the first time we had Aaron on the podcast, shoot, we that was just put out a couple weeks ago, I think. Um, we had him and his buddy Ryan Avery on there. And that was before Aaron, he was, we could tell when we were talking to him, he was kind of, you know, trying to decide and whether he was going to stick with the recurve or go back to it, I guess. So pretty awesome, man. It's pretty, especially for me being a guy that's took me a long time of switching back and forth. That was, that was always my goal, you know, growing up with the heroes I had was to to do it and it just took me a long time and to see his success in that short of time and to see him go back and then get you know miss that feeling of what it's like with the stick bow super super cool so we're super stoked for him and and he's down in whitetail camp hunting right now um had shot a nice buck was it this morning or yesterday morning he shot a nice buck yesterday morning and he, he also shot a doe um, so he's got uh, yeah, two he's, deer down. He's back can, in the game. <laughs> back in the game. He's got a a, a bunch of more, uh, like three more buck tags or two more buck tags, and I think he can shoot a doe a day or something like that. So we're excited to see. He hunts through Saturday, um, and he's hiding, hunting with uh, Brian Broderick of Lost Arrow Films, and we've got uh, plans to bring him and Brian back on to conclude the hunt. And we're excited to get uh, Broderick on the uh, podcast also. Um, he seems like a super awesome guy and I think has a, a, you know, a, a ton to offer traditional archery. And so, yeah. It's Heck awesome. yeah. Enjoy. What's, what's going on, Snyder? Nothing, nothing. Frank got one tonight, so we just got back. Oh, yeah, we were thinking. We're like, well, he is hunting, so we probably need to give him some time. They could be dragging one in right now. I should be drunker than I'm a bad boy buggy. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so we, we got uh, Aaron Snyder from Kifaru International, Kifara Cast, fresh, fresh off the whitetail tree stand in the bad boy buggy. What's going on tonight, Aaron? Not not too much, man. Just uh, hanging out in Alabama. How how's Alabama going? 
it's good. It's good. We got um, we shot a few does and a couple bucks, so it's been good. Really good. That's awesome. Uh, so the ruts swinging pretty good. Are they in post rut or peak rut or what? What's what's the the I, deer activity like? I sh- I should ask Brian because he knows I'd, I'd be just lying. Brian, are this, is this post rut? No, it's full tilt rut. Because uh, it was 75 degrees this afternoon, and they were grunting their uh, butt off around me. So, gotcha. That's awesome. Sounds like a good time. And you, uh, yeah. you, you've you've connected uh, once or twice so far. Uh, twice. Twice. Very good. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yesterday morning, I shot a. I guess it's a five by three. Um, I, well, I think you guys saw photos of it, so. It was cool. I shot one in the horn on the first day. Uh, <laughs> it was, uh, its head was to my right when I shot, and uh, it it turned. And in the time it took my ear to get there, I actually hit it on the inside of the same right horn, but it was the outside of the horn was facing me, so it it moved out of the way pretty quickly. <laughs> oh, nice! So the the buck that you got the uh, five by three and eight pointer, I guess they would call it. Um, what's the, what's the story on him? I, um, I had actually different, um, several different deer around me and, uh, they came in from, I don't know, in, in front of me, it's kind of hard to explain, but on this ridge line and then looped, um, looped around to my left and, uh, the, the doe came and, uh, she was running across the road. He was grunting behind her. It's like an old, it's like a skid road basically, or what I'd call like an old grade is what I call an organ. And, uh, I didn't think I was going to get a shot. He stopped on the left side of the road and I didn't have a shot. It was like maybe eight or nine or 10 yards or something. And then, uh, he crossed the road. I didn't want to shoot him walking. And then he got right on the other side of this, uh, this grade. And I, um, I had, I guess the, the trees were like, nine or 10 yards that I shot between. So he was probably 12, I would guess. And, uh, I wasn't sure exactly. I figured I hit lungs and liver and, uh, and that's exactly where I hit. He ran about 70 yards and died. I wasn't sure. I wasn't hundred percent sure. They'll be honest with you. When he ran off, I was chipping my pants a little bit. I was like, huh, I think that was a good shot. And, uh, and it, it ended up being a good one. So it was cool. Did you shoot him walking Aaron? I know you were talking about that a little on nope, the last no. podcast. I would have uh, if I had to, but I certainly didn't want to, especially it's only been a couple of weeks since I've started shooting again. And so it's not like my uh, shooting ability or confidence is in an all-time high right now. So um, <laughs> it, he, he stopped, and uh, it worked out perfect. Had a good uh, shooting lane. I mean, I had to shoot between two. I guess those are like poplars, but uh, it uh, – you know, it was pretty close, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it worked out well. He was stopped, so that was good. And, um, you know, he went down pretty quickly. So, so he was quartering away and you got the liver and then punched the lungs coming through or. Yeah, pretty much. Well, he was a uh, broadside when I shot or a uh, quarter away when I shot and kind of world kind of weird. And, but yeah, that's uh, pretty much what happened. I got liver and lungs. So he, he bled super well. I mean, there was, there was a, pretty a good blood trail he didn't wasn't a problem to follow it and he died in this creek bottom so i was pretty excited <laughs> how, how, how i bet man that's I, I was super excited i mean not to sound you know cheesy but when i saw that you connected i was like i mean you know you're whatever uh public figure whatever you want to call it like you, you inspire a lot of guys 
and you know we want the best for you and i think it's the best for you know traditional archery because you have a big influence and when we see when i saw that you connected i was like yes yes i I was super happy for you yeah i i was freaking pumped i it's just different with a a stick bow even with those i shot a doe i guess is that the first day frame i shot second day second day i shot a doe first day uh Oh yeah, no. The first day, of the evening, I shot a a doe. I, man, it's been a whirlwind of crisis level events for me because I usually just hit everything, and especially inside of thirty, forty yards. And first day, I had a big buck come in, grunting like crazy, and uh, I thought he was, you know, maybe twenty two. And uh, not that it matters, but there's always a reference, you know. I didn't range anything, and I instinctively just kind of thought, oh, I better aim a little low because they duck. And not only was it farther than I thought, he didn't duck at all um right and i missed him that was a that was a big nine point and there a big eight point and then that night i shot a doe um which was a huge confidence builder and then uh that next morning i think i shot that uh no it was two days anyway whatever i shot that buck right after that and and i had some opportunities you know tonight to shoot does but there was you can shoot i'm gonna try and kill another buck you can shoot uh three down here i think and uh, I had a big buck, a uh, big nine point across from me tonight, just grunting his ass off, and he wouldn't come in. Um, and I think Frank's going to actually sit there in the morning but see what the wind's doing. But, yeah, it was a huge confidence builder and definitely um, had a lot of momentum on social media, quite quite, quite a bit more than I thought it would, so it was good. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, it's great. Um, and Frank, Frank connected on a couple, too, so far since you guys have been there. Yeah, Frank shot three, I think, um, three and a buck, five. You shot five does? Jeez. He's Frank. Yeah, so Frank's going to town. <laughs> Good <laughs> for Frank. Five. Make sure the difference yeah. between a recurve and a compound. Jesus. Yeah, uh, yeah, so Frank shot five does and a buck. Um, and the buck he shot tonight, actually. Time, to, time for Frank to borrow the recurve tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. I, I know, right? Right, it's, that's awesome. It's just different. How does it feel? Like, how are you feeling right now? With uh, I know we did a podcast with you, what, like three or four weeks ago, and you were, I could tell you were riding the fence, like, I, I might do a little bit. And it seemed like about a week after we did that podcast, you're like, I'm all in. I'm, I'm going to do it. So, how's it feeling? Yeah, good, good. I, uh, I kind of came to the conclusion that, um, I'm just not really going to care what some of the old crusty farts, um, because I don't need to get them into traditional archery. They're already in it and just worry about, you know, newcomers um, and That's trying great, to get them in. And then uh, what's that? That's a great attitude to have. And we appreciate, you know, uh, uh, you know that's uh, here, you know, on the podcast. Uh, we we want to be as inviting as possible. And we want to see, uh, you know, lots of new people come to traditional archery. And I think that uh, you're definitely going to be a huge uh, instrument in that movement. So we appreciate you. Yeah, in the boring times in the tree stand, I counted um, 117 messages. It, it, believe it or not, if you can believe that, that's how boring it gets. Um, <laughs> well, you, you probably can't believe that, but uh, I know that yeah. uh, guy said that they were going to buy a, a trad bow, which was super cool. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pumped, and I mean, you know, it's not you're certainly not picking this thing up to be more successful as as much as people hate to hear that especially the crusty ones that send me hate mail but uh 
it's different, you know, shooting, um, a doe with, uh, a stick for me was as exciting as shooting, you know, right. a big buck or a big elk with, so, a, I mean, know, with a compound. Yeah. So you measure your success differently with the stick bow basically. And so, like you said, you, you're going to have to get closer and you may not, you know, it may kill a little less in your case. That doesn't seem to be the case, but the, the kills seem to mean a lot more. At least they do to me. Yeah, not only that, I mean, I had shit running down both legs with typewriter legs on all three of those bucks. Yeah. I don't get that with the compound. I mean, I don't, I don't get riled up. Like I said, that doe, I was, you would have, I mean, it was, yeah, it was definitely different. Uh, I think it's why, like, do you think it's because of that intimate experience of, like, you putting that arrow where it needs to go versus relying on the sights and pins and, and all that? I mean, what, explain to us what do you think, you know, gets you that that uh, kind of excitement. I, it's, um, you know, I mean, I'm, uh, it's not, uh, as arrogant as this is going to sound, it's not a guarantee, but I would say let an arrow go out of a compound, um, you know, 99 times out of a hundred, it's hitting where it's aiming at. And that's, um, you know, inside of 80, uh, yards, which is a huge advantage. I mean, I, my hunting skills, I, I can compensate by far. Oh, Give you an example, when that buck ran off, I would have given it about five minutes, walked over there, and if I saw it, it was shot it again at whatever range it was at. It was <laughs> the one I just shot. Where was it? The stick, I'm like, keep your fat ass in the tree. Don't get down. Don't screw this up, Snyder. What, I mean, I have to think more methodically. I have to uh, think more methodically. I'd be more patient, be more methodical. Um, and, and, and honestly, it's not a given. You know, you have to... For me, it's not a given that you're going to to get something, and uh, you know, and you have to wait for so. I see so much more animal behavior, because um, I mean, you're not going to see shit for animal behavior if you're dropping bombs at 80, right? You're like, oh, hey, there's a deer, I'll shoot it, and that's all the animal behavior saw. Where now, 45 minutes later, it's within 20 yards. I'm like, ooh, I got one, and uh, you saw a lot more action in that time, and all of that kind of you know culminates into you know kind of the end result, which is me making extremely excited so. yeah absolutely so tell us that's a great great kind of transition so as we've kind of gone over you made the switch in 2016 uh dedicated yourself to uh the recurve um you had a, a really awesome year a couple mule deer a couple whitetails an elk a bear um I, i'm sure i might be missing something a turkey or two and then you went back to the compound in 2017 and um, just now stepping back into it. Kind of, tell us kind of like how that, I guess you kind of alluded to some of that, but going from having to learn to get closer and be more patient, how was that in 2017 with the compound? I mean, did you feel like, it, did you carry over some of that patience uh, and did you look at hunting a little differently? Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, no matter what, um, you know, maybe, you know, when you have to, like in Alberta, I had to get close, uh, one, because Lander said if I shot past 60 yards, even if I missed it, I'd have to fill my tag. So that's always an incentive to not do anything stupid. But I got like, that was definitely one of those times where I really was patient. But honestly, for, for me, when I have the compound in my hand, I know I don't have to be. And I, and I generally am not where, I mean, even getting pinched in a tree stand, I hardly ever get pinched with that stick in my hand because I, I'm so much more careful. Um, 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more, and so, you know, yes and no, I would say yes, it's there, but no, I probably didn't use it as much as I, you know, could have or, or should have just cause I didn't, I don't really need to. And, and, and again, I'm, I'm not, you know, um, you know, guys that chew with me, you know, will, will tell you, and I, I try, I'm not trying to sound arrogant at all with this, but I mean, at a hundred yards, it, it's in a paper plate all day. Like I don't, yeah really ever miss a, uh, and that's, man, it's just not fair. I mean, yeah, I, I was the same way with the compound. I mean, I put my time in with it just like I, I do my stick bone. If you put your time in with a compound, the efficiency is ridiculous. No, for, yeah. for sure. And so, I mean, now, you know, the big thing is I'm trying to kind of figure out, well, the bow crisis, trying to figure out what bow I'm going to shoot, what arrows I'm going to shoot, what broadheads. So um, tell us about that. Like and, what, uh, what's on the menu at this point? You know, there was a overwhelming amount of, um, you know, bow companies to get a hold of me to, you know, try and shoot their bows. And, uh, I tried to do, you know, pay for them, you know, or at least give me a buddy deal or, uh, you know, trade maybe, um, uh, you know, some Kafaru gear or whatever. And so right now it's, uh, I've got, um, striker, a wingard, a Black Widow, a Rampart, uh, a Palmer, a Great Plains, a Stalker Stick Bow, <laughs> and uh, another one I can't talk about yet, um, which is <laughs> one of the most badass looking bows I've ever I, seen. I, but I know about a, it. I know about it. I talked to uh, Jeff Lander today on the phone. Yeah, he, he couldn't keep a secret. His life yeah, he couldn't. On it, but, so I, but, I, but I, but I, but I, I'll, I'll, I will keep it. Uh, I'll keep it on the wraps. But he was telling me all about it, and uh, yeah, he told me to ask you what, what is, what is hashtag Bam Bam? That was his question for you. Oh, so, um, I was in the tenth mountain division. He's such a smart ass. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I love him like a brother, but I sometimes want to break that crimson chin of his. He looks like uh, Mister Incredible. Yeah, and he's he's flat like Mr. Incredible too, like Mr. Incredible got. But he hasn't got back and into the superhero mode yet at fifty, but he he might. But he's talking he, about um it. Yeah, he talks about it a lot. Hope you listen to this, Jeff. Um that's why I stole your freezer. No, I'm just kidding. He uh he's he's so funny about stuff. So I have I was in the tenth mountain division and um we have like this uh, mountain warrior training camp. Anyway, I have a, a tattoo on my arm that says Mountain Warrior. So he'd always send me these texts with the uh, "I am a warrior." Uh, who sang that? Yeah, it, it, was uh, like, it was like from the seventies or eighties or something. Eighties, yeah. I bang bang or bam bam whatever. It's bang yeah, bang. bang. Yeah, bang bang. So, That's what it is. Bang bang. Yeah, yeah. So he he kept he's everything. He always hashtags bang bang because of the "I am a warrior" song, okay. which. I think it's awesome because that's one great thing about Jeff and this this guy I'm done with now, Brian. Is um, you know, there's nothing sacred, right? Which I need, uh, which is great because you get made fun of constantly. And if I'm not around people like that, that generally means they're not ready to get made fun of either. And so feelings get hurt. So here, there's a lot of practical jokes and pranks. Same thing with Lander. He's a he's a, he's a prankster. He's constantly making some kind of a joke. The meme wars and games we have uh, in the screenshots and stuff on social media, I, I'm pretty sure everyone would hate, well, not everyone, 75% of the outdoor community would probably hate us between the memes that get sent to uh, to uh, Lander and I or the ones he generates and sends to me. 
<laughs> wow. So have you shot the top secret bow yet? Are you liking that? Yeah, I, sh- I shot the longbow version and the recurve version. And uh, I'm waiting for Brian to come back out and see what I can say. But, um, yeah, it's um, it's a, and it's, it's an aggressive um, curl, I guess you could say, recurve. Uh, and then the long, it, it's a two, they're two piece. Um, and oh, they're, they're, I mean, one of the most yeah. beautiful bows I've ever seen. And then, uh, the one is just, I mean, the long bow is, is, uh, dang near as fast as my recurve, but the recurve is just, I mean, it's just smoking fast. Um, it, it has the big, that, uh, it has the big hooks on it. So it kind of has that let off feel when you get in the back. Well, this one doesn't because, uh, it's, extremely high poundage at my draw right. length so but sure. yeah it does a little bit but uh yeah. it um it's pretty it's a pretty wicked system so that i think they're building me one at 62 um inches and like 56 57 pounds and this one's more like 63 64 um yeah so so yeah we'll see how everything shakes up i, I actually have tom Plum seniors bow now i was trying to shoot um a rampart but i um I've, I've become, it's become extremely clear to me if, if it's not center cut or inside of center, uh, the shelf, right. I, uh, I shoot a five miles left because the way that I aim as weird as it is, I shoot instinctively, but I'll use the arrow as a reference for left and right. Yeah. And so if that arrow is lined up with the leg and it's an outside of center, uh, I shoot you, left and pre, you pre aim. And then and then yep. settle in instinctive. I do the same thing. It's like kind of a split vision, instinctive, whatever they want to call it, intuitive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you're out, if you're a cut outside of center, I can't hit shit. Um, if it's <laughs> facing to the right, I'm gonna hit it in the ass. And so I, I've noticed um, the same thing. Yeah. So that that's the that's the you know big thing. So you know right now it's just a matter of um, you know shooting them and seeing which I what I shoot best. And then I've, I went through a a plethora of arrows as well, but I, um, I was shooting the other day, several bows and some of them shot good, but they were too low poundage. Some of them, you know, were too high poundage. And I turned around and grabbed seniors bow and I watered five arrows in the X and, um, and then I stole it. No, he, uh, he, he let me take it, which was cool. Cause that's what I started shooting. That's what I shot the best when I started in 16 was a Palmer. So I remember that. Yeah. And so, what do you got coming from Striker? Is it the, their RK1, or do you got their hybrid longbow, or what do you have coming from them? Um, I'm not sure on the wood part, because they sent an RK1, with, uh, but the limbs were the 16-inch bow with a um, uh, little bit lighter weight limbs than I needed, uh, and that's what they have. New limbs to put on that riser is, uh-huh. uh, is what I've got coming. So Cool. And the Black Widow, are you doing a, a takedown recurve from them? We have three piece takedown, a PSA, um, 62 yeah. inch. And, uh, I've got, you know, even though, um, I don't have extraordinary long arms just have, for whatever reason, I have, I have about a 30 inch draw. So, um, I get a little bit and I, I, I've got a bad problem, you know, hooking my bottom or dragging my bottom finger. Anyway, I shoot three under. So string pinch is, a kind of a big deal for me. So I like a longer bow. Yeah. Totally. I try to I... wield that mother where that thing around in the tree stand man i'm not used to that right 32 inch arrow sticking out the front of it the 62 inch long bow i'm trying to bounce it around branches try to hit deer i'm like okay this is twice as long as the bow i was just hunting with it's a little more interesting than i'm used to do you camp the bow if needed or you do you always shoot it straight up and down or 
I, I shoot it. No, I, I can't. It. Um, yeah. You, you know, I, there, and there's a lot of, um, you know, I'm, I, Cal from first light, he shoots it straight up and down Matt Davis pretty much. I'm more of, um, you know, I'm not hunched over like crazy, but I'm, I'm can't, the bow's candid and I'm hunched over a little bit. Um, it, you know, and I don't know what, you know, whatever I've done long enough to speak intelligently about what that form is called, but yeah. I certainly follow like the Tom Clum. Yeah. I uh, think, you know, school thought. Yeah. I, I pretty much shoot. I think the way you describe it, I mean, I shoot very similar and I think you can't be crawling into the bow too much. If you're drawing 30 inches, uh, how, how tall are you, Aaron? Six, six foot, six, one, six, six, one. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I shoot a 29 and a half inch, uh, compound, but I shoot a little bunched up on my compound. And, uh, I also anchor pretty far back, um, yeah. you know, on my face, but I don't have, I definitely never lose tension. I mean, that's one good thing I got going for me from shooting a hinge style release on a compound. Like uh, I'd say one of my stronger points is, is, uh, the fact I never lose tension and I, I, not every time. I mean, I don't, I'm not, I'm not Joel Turner. Every shot is not perfect with me, but I do pretty good with, uh, you know, executing back tension. So. Yeah, definitely. Having a solid back tension is, it's priceless for sure. Um, yeah, I, I'm real happy with the way I'm shooting and I have, uh, you know, implemented a lot of help from Joel, but I definitely, um, listening to the podcast, I'm going to find my way to hook up with, uh, Tom, um, just just to take myself to the next level. I mean, a professional like that. I'm, I mean, I'm happy with the way I'm shooting right now, but it, it, it wouldn't hurt. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I uh, hold on one sec, Brian. Brian, hey, I talked about the bow a little bit. Can I elaborate on that more? <laughs> um, so we should we should have put Brian on here with us. Out of Alabama. Yeah, we should. Yeah, have no, Brian we, on we should. Yeah, we know we sh- we should have. He uh, maybe we can do another one while we're down here while you guys post it later with me and uh, Brian okay. Frank. Yeah, I mean, if you don't mind, we'd uh, like to, to to have you on often and try to cover what you're doing and help spread the word. I mean, we know you have your own podcast and you're on plenty of other ones, but um, I know our audience is uh, interested and we'd love to share. Yeah, no, for for sure. Um, and it, you know, as far as that bogo, it's a buddy of Brian's, and he's been building bows for what twenty years. Yeah or more. So he's built quite a few bows for Brian and what they're doing. Um, you know, they've been, uh, like, like it's G 10, right. Uh, is what is in that riser. Yeah. So, I mean, like they've been using, yeah, they've got, uh, you know, they've been using G 10 for like 10 years. Um, and, uh, you know, the limbs are, are, are definitely like state of the art. And, um, I think I'm, um, it's a carbon uh, foam limbs. You know, I'm not even going to try and guess exactly because I'll screw it up. But uh, what's in those limbs? The the core is proprietary, so it's none of your business. But uh, like <laughs> like carbonate, carbonate, some other cool stuff. Um, yeah, there was a few so pictures you, it, of those bows on uh, uh, Jeff Lander's site. Beautiful looking bows, and he wasn't really saying what they were, but they they look awesome. Yeah, no, they're they're pretty amazing, and like I said, the the longbows as fast as a normal recurve, or pretty dang close, or, or or faster. And then the the recurve is just it's it's screams. I mean, it's super fast. So I'll be I'll be interested to see um, you know what what all happens because you know the two piece thing isn't done a whole lot, and it's certainly a hell of a lot easier. Um, 
you know, just messing around with it. No bolts. Even on an ILF system, it's, it's a little bit of a pain. Where this, you just slide it together. Yeah, um, is it under the grip? Get like, uh, yeah, yeah, under the grip. I love the two piece under the grip. Yeah, and you just get trad wood looking at it, right? I mean, yeah. it's just <laughs> badass. Feel tougher the way it looks. So. Ha- ha- I'm gonna use I that hashtag trad wood. I like that. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, well, Broderick's the one that came up with the whole uh, trad shoulder. When you uh, yeah, when you suck so bad with your trad bow that you say you've got a shoulder injury, so you have to go to a compound. That came from Broderick. Yeah, he gets full credit for that. <laughs> okay, that was getting some mileage on our Instagram. Guys were liking that. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so, are those bows going to be available to the general public in 2018, or are they limited supply? I, or I, what's the story? They're are those going to be, you think, in 2018 available to the public? Yeah. 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 Yeah, they will. Yeah. Awesome. And they're, um, it sounds like they're going to be, um, around 2000 for the, you know, the decked out, pimped out one. And I, um, I know I certainly like there's certain things that I'm a little shaky on, uh, telling people to buy, uh, that are out today in this today's, you know, world or whatever. Um, if, uh, Man, I don't test anybody off, so I'm going to talk about it. Certain products are worth a lot of money. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. I don't buy, like, Tafaro. Paid for my first one. I don't mind Hillebird, Kent, Swarovski, Optics, whatever. There's other things where I'm like, man, this other thing does the same shit for half the price. I would pay that for this bow without blinking an eye. Um, you know, your, your the performance of it, obviously, and then the looks, but the performance is pretty incredible. Yeah, um, I, you mentioned that you're going to be shooting a um, trying a wanger bow. Trent's a good friend of ours, and he makes an, a, a spectacular bow too. So I, I would be, I'll be shocked if you don't fall in love with that too. He makes a really really nice bow. Did I tell you about Trent and the, that I thought he was a game warden trying to pinch me? No, <laughs> no, t- do tell, so, do tell. He. Uh, so, you know, I've been, um, I don't think formally, but informally investigated for illegal guiding because I take so many people hunting, right? And, right. Uh, I, you know, over the last, whatever, 10 years, and I mean, it happens, right? You take guys hunting, and the thing is, I like to photograph it, and I like to be in the woods. But anyway, you know, he told me he drew this certain tag for sheep and asked if I'd help, or I told him I'd help, I can't remember, and, you know, I tell him where to go, and this ain't easy getting into it, right? And, you know, lo and behold, he's sending me photos like, kick-ass photos of this ram and uh he's like man i don't think i can get on it can you help me and i'm like this dude is he's he's a game warden right he's low hanging fruit he's trying to get me to go in there he's gonna ask me to do something illegal and i bounced on him i was like no man i I didn't go back in so fast forward a couple years to last month and i'm like hey man what's going on we're talking about the bows and he's like man you helped me on a sheep hunt and he tells me who it is, and he sends me this photo. Do you remember this photo? And I'm like, I just told him, I'm like, man, I thought you were a game warden. I totally blew you off. Um, <laughs> just because I thought he was trying to, to, you know, jam me up or whatever. Right. But anyway, yeah. it's kind of he, funny. We had him on, like, episode, was that four? I think it was episode four. And he talked about that hunt and uh, that you'd uh, given him some sound advice and uh, on a pretty difficult uh, hunt. And yeah, he'd, he'd mentioned that, uh, earlier on in the podcast, but yeah, you won't find a more solid guy. Uh, Bob went on a, well, on a yeah. whitetail hunt with him this year. Yeah. He's a stud. Yeah. He's, he's super, I mean, to go where I sent him, 
I mean, that, that just smacks the shit out of grown men, right? Like, I'm not kidding. It just crushes dudes. And he went in there, oh, I'm on the, you know, she, here's some photos. And I'm like, no way. Did this guy just <laughs> walk in there, find these sheep? I mean, I didn't lie to him. I sent him right in. You take it off, man. We'll see you tomorrow. Drive safe. And uh, sure as shit, man, they pulled the horseshoe out of his ass. I mean, he walked right in on a, I mean, like a high 170 Ram. And he's sending me high-risk photos, and I'm like, there's no way this chucklehead snuck in there and took photos of his cell phone and sending them to me and the DSLR. He's a cop, right? That's what I'm thinking. He's trying right. to get me to break the law. And, uh, but no, he was obviously not. Um, you know, when, fast forward, I'm trying to get a bow from him. <laughs> we, met, we met him at this uh, 3D shoot in Washington, and we, uh, we were just starting the podcast, and we went over there and... His, we're looking at his bows. We're drooling on them. They're just beautiful. And there's he's got all these pictures of him with like, you know, big elk and mountain lions and mule deer and all these critters and mountain goats. And we're like, hey man, we, we should get you on the podcast. And he's like, he looks around. He's like, me? Well, no, I'm 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 just kind of new to this whole thing. And we're like, yeah, you're new to it. Look at all this, this stuff you've been stacking up. And he's like, oh, I'm. Just really humble. I mean, the guy is so humble, and he's uh, uh, a hard worker, and y- you know, he's he's a hard hard guy to beat. He's a uh, definitely a, uh, a huge asset to traditional archery. Yeah, no, he's he's he seems like a great great dude. He's funny, and I mean, he's got a sense of humor too, because Lil's always making funny about chicken feathers along with the rest of the tra- traditional <laughs> archery crowd. So at least I know he can can take and give a joke or what. You know what I mean? Like I enjoy that type of stuff and so like you know talking on the phone with somebody you can't you know in 20 minutes you can't you know learn how they are their demeanor and he seems like a dude that's just like one of those guys you could call like oh i'm eight miles in and i broke my ankle they'd be like oh okay i'm sure glad i brought my hat it's snowing you know he's just like super mellow and, and he can handle anything so yeah i think i i sprayed like kabooch out my nose when you first brought up the the, the chicken the synthetic plastic chicken feathers or whatever that was that was pretty oh, funny Aaron. i gotta man. i gotta hand it to I you i still wouldn't <laughs> i mean be, being totally honest if i wouldn't have said that then i still would not know because i don't think people you know realize like i just started this shit like they gave me a bow and i and i knew how to fletch right but i've never used feathers you don't use that shit yeah. in trade compound yeah. they gave me some feathers and they they said something at one point in time that Real turkey feathers were more waterproof. Yes. And my piss, piss, like pea brain, I assume they meant these other feathers weren't from turkey. No shit. I agree. And so, I, no, I'm with you. I'm with you on this. <laughs> so I'm like, well, they got to be from a chicken or something, I guess, right? I mean, I don't know what the hell they'd be from. So when Brian and I are talking about it, I'm like, man, I, I, maybe they're chicken. Brian knows this, he do not know anything either, right? So, Little did I know, you know, that that would be like I'm having a shirt made that says my chicken feathers will be dripped in blood or drenched in blood um, <laughs> because so many people give me shit about these chicken feather things. Uh, I'm like, you gave me a bow? He said, kill shit. I killed it. I don't, I didn't know. And I still wouldn't if I wouldn't have said that. The guys are going to think you're a, um, a game hen, chicken, chicken fighter. Oh man, yeah, no kidding. I mean, usually I come back with their peacock or something, and then you gotta let me fly. But yeah, I, uh, I, you know, and I like that kind of like that. I mean, if you know, roles being reversed, man, I don't let up on anyone. Um, you know, cracking jokes, so I'm I'm all for it. It, it was some of the other stuff that I got like a little bit irritated about, but the chicken feather thing, like 
I didn't know shit. I'm going to make a, a shirt. I, I sent it in last week about chickens, but it's just to be a smart ass. So. Uh, I like it. That's awesome. Super good. So what about uh, broadheads and arrows? Do you doing the cutthroat broadheads? Or you? It sounds like you play with those uh, Simmons tree sharks also. What, what, what uh, arrows and what's that looking like for you right now? Uh, same, same kind of thing. You know, I've got some companies that are sending me some, uh, um, the guy from Idaho sent me uh werewolves and, uh, I think that's what they're called werewolves. Um, and then uh, a guy over in New Zealand got a hold of me. Um, yeah. Sending At- me, I think they're called, it's called, uh, go ahead. At- Adam White from Northern Broadheads. Yep. Northern Broadheads. He's going to send me some, um, and then yeah, tree sharks and then the, the cutthroats and, uh, you know, I just you know, I'm super loyal to the clums as far as that goes. So I'll definitely shoot, um, you know, a bunch of stuff with the cutthroats. Just they are a great, you know, penetrator. I killed almost every animal in 16 with one. I, I I killed that big buck with a tree shark, but it is nice sometimes to leave a giant hole in something. And then there's other times it's totally shouldn't be used. And uh, you know, for for me in my case, I don't know that I would hunt elk with a tree shark. Uh, you know, like real big game animals. Uh, or, you know, real big animals, uh, when you're talking about big game, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. I'll definitely, obviously, you know, always use the cutthroats, but I'm going to test out quite a bit of other stuff as well. You know, arrows, shit, man, it's a pain with trad. It's not like, um, a compound. I can tune anything with trad, man. It, it's just like super, um, like micro, like I was amazed at what a half inch of an arrow cutting off would do for spine when we're bear shafting. Um, you know, and, and not all arrows that say 340 spine, some are a little over that, some are a little under that. Um, and, you know, and so I, I've got some Easton uh, Blood Sports Beeman Center shots, some Axis, some Carbon Express Maxima Blue RZs, which they need to change the name of that shit. Whoever started naming Carbon Express arrows needs to get smacked. It's confusing. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, and then I've got some uh, Z-Lore arrows that uh, I'm going to try out as well. And, you know, one of the beauties with Kafaru cast, we can kind of say and do and use what we want. And um, that's certainly not going to change with the trad folks. I think it's a lot more important. I can get away with shooting anything with a compound and do fine. Not quite so much with the old recurve. So. <laughs> yeah, our our buddy uh, Andy over at Addictive Archery, Andy Ponce, he... Uh, told us to tell you i think you talked to him once but if you wanted to get some of those things prettied up he's uh he's the guy for the job yeah i don't want to send him anything uh yet because i don't know what the hell i'm going to do when i grow up yet i gotta figure out <laughs> that and then i'll proceed because i've fletched so many arrows you know and guys are like oh you should get into cresting i'm like why don't you give me a bottle of scotch and a handgun while you're at it like that is not my thing I, i'm the and, same uh, way I, tie some flies on the side too like i i can't i don't have time for one no and two it's like yeah i'm not gonna you know origami macrame i mean all that shit goes in the same category along with painting arrows so i'm gonna have somebody else do it so yeah andy's I, a, and andy does great work he does he does if i'm gonna have him prettied up i'll have andy do it when i make my own i just throw slap some feathers on them and shoot them but yeah, that, so. Well, and Andy said he would do he would do chicken feathers if I requested it. So <laughs> what more can you ask from a guy, right? Right. He's fucking yeah, running yeah. around like Rocky chasing chickens. Yeah, <laughs> and, 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 he's got and a he's bunch a, of chickens. He's, yeah, he's a bend over backwards kind of guy. He'll make it happen. I know he will. That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. 
So, um, you're, you're back in the saddle, you're shooting the trad bow. Sounds like you're having fun with it. Um, and, and you're, it's pretty cool that you had a place to go hunt a uh, rutting up white tail this late or early, whatever you want to call it in the game. I mean, everybody else is at home. Like I, I was steelhead fishing today, but you were out bow hunting. I mean, that's, that's super awesome. Crazy is the fact that I'm getting a bit of hate mail that I didn't go to the Western hunt expo and I chose to go hunting. <laughs> wow. That should tell you what's wrong with the outdoor community in, in some ways go hunt perform like the task we're all out here for right better your skills put meat on the table animals on the ground or go with a bunch of people which is fine i don't have any problem with the show but if i got a choice I, i'm not going to the western hunt expo i'm going hunting frank yeah. the same way frank and i are air images and people give a shit for that yeah it's hunting like, all the way. I mean, in the podcast, when we start setting up, you know, to do interviews with guys, like rule number one is we do not want to interfere hunting uh, or family. You know, we can do these whenever we can reschedule them. If there's a hunt going on and we like, yeah, that's I mean, why talk about hunting when you can go hunting? That's that's the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, for for sure. It, I mean, with the. Uh, you know the this you know going with the the stick bow or or what struggle stick which pisses off a ton of people, but going with the recurve um you know it does open up the you know the kind of the question of of what's the what am I trying to say I'm going on potentially a stone sheep hunt, chamois and tar in New Zealand mountain goat mule deer uh in Alberta mule deer in Colorado, elk in Idaho, elk in Colorado. Um, and I'm even missing some hunts that I can't remember. Might not have been the best year to pick up the stick. Um, but I mean, it, it does kind of, you know, it, uh, I'm not gonna be able to, you know, I'm going to definitely have to put as much effort forth in it as I can. And I'm a very like goal oriented guy to begin with, you know, I get kind of tunnel vision. So I mean, and it'll be good for Frank because Frank's going with me on all these hunts, and it'll be like when you go to the bar and you got the hard up guy, yeah, <laughs> and like the hard up guys, like you take the hot bar, and I'm going to take whatever I can get. Yeah, that'll be me because I'm just going <laughs> to hunt the ones that I can actually shoot and kill. Yeah, um, yeah I so I hunt with my uh, I hunt with my boss a little bit. Uh, he hunts compound, you know, after work and. He's like, well, you know, if we see a huge bull and it's out there, uh, I'd like to take a shot. But anything else, we'll just try to get you in in close. And I'm like, all right, man. Like, I'm, uh, I'll take everything inside of 25, and he, you can have the stuff out there at 70. Yeah, Frank will be launching yeah, arrows over your head at those stone sheep. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know, right? That one. Uh, I don't. I think we're gonna try and get Frank to actually go on that. That's the one hunt. I don't know if he'll be able to hunt. Um, but. Mm-hmm. Frank, what was the other hunt we were going to do instead of uh, mountain goat? Oh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma was Broderick here. Um, yeah, it's funny. So Broderick <laughs> down here, what did he change the tree stand like a few days ago? He thought I had the compound. And so he was setting <laughs> me up to drop bombs, right? And then he, I called him, and he's got the southern draw. You know, I'm like, hey, what are you doing? He goes, oh, damn, man. I drive back out here, move all the stands that your ass is bringing the recurve. But I'm happy. I'm happy. But I had to change things because he usually sets me up on like these giant fields. 
And now I'm definitely on traveling corridors in the timber. <laughs> so he hooked yeah. me up with that. That's awesome. Yeah, we'll have to get him back on here with you and and uh, and do one to conclude the hunt or something. He'd be a great guy to talk to. I know. Uh, man, he just kills so much shit, man. I mean, right now there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, nineteen, twenty-one whitetails in here. I guarantee six of them are over one sixty. There's probably three over one eighty. There's coyotes. There's oh, there's shit everywhere in here, man. He's killed it all with a longbow. Awesome. Super that cool. Awesome. Yeah, we'll definitely have to get him on, man. And sounds like a good year to pick up the stick bow. I mean, I know you got all those hunts, but that gives you more opportunity, you know. So you might not get one yeah, in every I mean, I, every hunt, but the stone sheep, that's a tough one. But uh, I don't know. I always look at it as, like you said, I mean, a doe with a stick bow, but – even if you miss one here and there, if you get a few down with the stick bow, it's just that much sweeter for me at least. But No, I, I agree. The only one that I guarantee I'll pick up a gun um, at the end of the hunt is a stone sheep. I'm uh, I'm, I'm not um, hardcore enough, nor am I rich enough to uh, <laughs> chalk it up for a great, uh, you know, that shit where people are like, it's all about the adventure. That's true. Uh, but they didn't pay 30 grand for a hunt either. <laughs> and so... I'm not going to go home without one. I've got, you know, if this works out, I'm going to have a long range guy with me, um, uh, a gun guy. And, um, you know, I'd like to say I'm committed enough with that, but man, I quite honestly, I'm poor, right. I can't afford that to go twice. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I, I'm going to, I already talked to the guys. It's a 14 day, 15 day hunt. Um, if I haven't killed one by day 13, day 12 with the, you know, with the sticks and I'll, I'll crank one with a gun if I need to. But luckily enough for, for me, um, you know, I know animal behavior. I'm super fit. I've got the time off. I've got the gear dialed. Um, I think, you know, hopefully I'll do, you know, pretty well and be able to, you know, I didn't, I have too much of a problem tagging out on my animals and, you know, lucky for me, I am not picky. And that's <laughs> the big thing, right? It's for me is if it's a good representation of the species, that's like, a quadruple win with the the trad bow and i just had to get out of my um you know my mind some of the negativity that that i saw from the trad community um and just kind of get that out of my head and be like you know what screw those guys i just want to get people into trad to see so they can see kind of what i saw um and you know screw everyone else uh, as horrible as that sounds and uh, uh you can find I the negativity it's, it's, anywhere yeah if if Oh yeah. Yeah. There's negative people all everywhere. You know, people suck. That's what I say, but Uh, we don't get thousands of thousands of negative messages either like you do. So I'm sure that gets old when you got a bunch of guys picking at you. Oh, there's just a lot of guys that know it all, but are doing nothing. Uh, you know, they're telling you what kind of broadhead to shoot and how to, how to shoot your bow, but they're, they're spending more time behind their computer than they are actually doing any kind of bow hunting. Yeah, you know, I mean, it is, it is, it is interesting just because um, some of the guys I've had pretty long drawn out messages in my phone. Everybody's got my phone number, but I mean, I welcome <laughs> them to call me and, um, you know, to say, you know, because I'm more of, a, I say confrontational, but I'm definitely a guy like let's just handle this and talk about it because there's no reason for to have enemies. We might as well figure out. Um, I, Clay Hayes and I like some of the stuff he said that 
that I uh, came back and called him. I said, yeah, man, you're probably right about that kind of talk. And he's, he's out there, man. Like he's, he's, he's a di- not out there like strange. He's just a different guy he has different perspectives on things. And some of the things he says, I don't agree with, like he, you know, kind of talked a lot about trad and then he picks up a gun when he doesn't kill it with a trad bow. There's no problem with that. I don't have any issue with that, but Hey, chuckles, not everyone can do that shit, right? That's only in Idaho and Wyoming or something. You can't do that in Colorado. I mean, you don't get it with a stick. Yeah, you, can't you don't do get that to bring home the meat. Yeah. yeah, that's how it is in Oregon. I mean, we get, we choose our weapon, and we we stick it out to the end. So it's just how it is. We don't get a we don't get to put the stick down and pick up the rifle. Yeah, even and, even in yeah, tra- trad and compound. I mean, I think. Everybody chooses their line, you know. Some guys think that hunting from a tree stand is is not, you know, not right. And then there's guys that think baiting's not right. And there's guys that, even in the track community, there's guys that are for trail cameras and guys that aren't. I think one of the Winslow brothers loves trail cameras, and I think the other one doesn't use them. You know, I think, I think, uh, you know, there's there. Everybody has their own line to draw, you know. So to each their own. Yeah, it's just we're we're all in this together is kind of my thing. And as long right. as it's, um, you know, ethical and legal, a guy sent me a dictation yesterday on um, how trail cameras are stupid and I'm a horrible person for using them, which I'm not using them, Brian is, but I, I put them up for elk. And, um, you know, I put them up all summer just to see what animals are in the area. And, and uh, you know, there's some validity, like, you know, it's not, um, you know, pure, it's not whatever, but... You know, my thing, it's like, uh, you know, somebody eating cheeseburgers saying I'm a bad person for hunting. It's like, hey, you know what, dickhead? You just, I skipped the middle, man, right? You paid somebody to kill your, I got to stop cussing, guys. I'm sorry. But it's like, (laughs) hey, you paid someone to do the dirty work. But the end result's the same. An animal died and you're eating it. Well, if you're using Gore-Tex and Swarovski's, you know, you took a bad boy buggy out there. I, I doubt you took a freaking rickshaw, right? Like yeah. we're all using technology. And so rather than bash someone for choosing, maybe to use a game camera or whatever, um, you know, maybe just say, Hey, you know, we're all different and we all have our, our like you said, our own lines and, uh, but we're all in this together. We got enough enemies already with anti hunters. I don't think we need to hate each other. So, yeah, I mean, you can draw your line in the sand and stick to it, but you don't have to preach your line. Uh, to the next guy. I mean, uh, as long as you're um, being ethical and um, and you can live with yourself and you're not affecting the guy next to you, you know, I don't, as long as the guy next to me isn't, you know, doing something that affects me, um, you know, I don't, I don't have a problem with it. Um, it's, uh, it is what it is, but I, I like uh, the, the challenge. Um, stick bow hunting is, difficult and there's a huge reward at the end uh and it makes you a better hunter um because like you said you've got to learn your woodsmanship you've got to learn to get close you've got to get the timing in and it uh it it pays big dividends in the end the the feeling you get of accomplishment when you succeed and uh i feel myself you know just been trad bow hunting for i haven't been doing it as long as bob not even close like i think eight nine years and my skill set is increasing like a snowball and it's awesome yeah for for sure and i mean i um i notice it every day i mean not not just skill set but also maybe parameters do's and don'ts like don't ground it a white tail 
uh, and then try and shoot it because it didn't pan out for me. I probably won't do that again because they're a little quicker than the arrow. Um, <laughs> you know, like I kind of figured 30 would be my um, maximum distance on uh, with the stick uh, down here. Uh, that immediately got shortened to 25, and right now anything below 20 is, I'm thinking the, uh, you know, 8-pound, 9-ounce baby Jesus because, man, they are quick, quick deer. And uh, the doe I shot at 26 was facing to the right, and I hit it in the neck on the left side. That's how quick they are. And so I immediately was like, huh, maybe I'll just keep this shit under 20, maybe even 10, right? Like, they're just faster and those are the things I'm learning all the time. You know, I've never done this with a, with a, with a recurve, you know, with a 180 foot per second arrow. Um, you know, I'm also obviously learning tuning. I'm learning broadheads and, you know, you don't learn that and except time in the field and, and trigger. Well, I won't say trigger time, finger time. Um, <laughs> sure. You know, I'm picking up stuff constantly. So are you finding, um, like you were talking center shot on the recurves, are you finding that the super skinny arrows are a little harder to tune than like the nine thirty second access or the five sixteenth standard size? Uh, what's been your experience with that? Man, I haven't shot any super skinnies. Um, you know, to be, to be honest with you, I, uh, I shot, actually I shot, uh, the Valkyrie guy, Brent, Brent Hahn. Yeah, he Brent sent Hahn. me, so I can't say I didn't, shoot any he sent me um eight of them that i shot you know they got there late so i got them the day before i left they flew good out of my bow or pretty good um uh, but not good enough where i felt like super confident um to take them down here but um you know i'm an old school guy i mean i'm i'm old but i'm i'm, I'm not old old but i you know i started the, the the compound stuff in the you know in the 90s and uh well i mean where i actually knew what i was doing and you know everybody was shooting you know those chuck adams super slam selects with the swedge carbons were just getting started. They kind of sucked. Um, graphite definitely sucked beaming out certs and gold tips, knocks falling out and crap. And it just wasn't a big thing then. And then, you know, as time has progressed, you know, for me, a standard two, four, six or whatever carbon, like a gold tip, you know, or, a, or, a, um, like a, a standard, uh, beaming. I mean, that's a skinny shaft for me. So like yeah. a super skinny, you know, people talk about you know, as dickheaded headish as this will sound. You know, people talk about more penetration. I'm like, you know, you should probably go shoot something to yeah. find that, like apply that firsthand because I've killed a lot with an aluminum and I've killed a lot with like a standard carbon. And so, unless it's something that tunes better, I'm not probably going to buy into it to shoot skinnies. Um, it's just not for me. I'm going to shoot what I'm comfortable with. It's kind of like shooting a 300 Win Mag. You're there. You can buy rounds anywhere for them. 30 out six, 308. You know, you shoot a 6.5 Creed more, and you run out of ammo. Probably not going to run down to Walmart and grab 6.5 Creed more ammo. So for me, a lot of it's just ease of use. What I'm comfortable with, what I'm used to, and you know, skinnies aren't aren't really it for me. Yeah, I subscribe to that theory. I've tried them. Um, I shot the Access Arrow for about. Well, I shot them for several years out of the compound and then I switched to uh stick bows and I shot them out of my stick bow for eight years or so and I, I tried you know I'd go away from them every once in a while to try something different and I tried the super skinnies and the Valkyrie archery systems that stuff's really nice and all but I find the super skinny they're having to they're having to beef up the the front end the inserts and all this to uh, make 
to make do. I mean, that super skinny shaft is weaker. Uh, there's just no way around it. it. They break a lot easier. And so I, 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 I agree with exactly what you're saying. I mean, me and Bob are shooting 1130 seconds, uh, Doug fur wood arrows and, I, I'm getting dirt on the other end. I know Bob is too. I mean, I, I blew through my elk and my buck this year or last season with the arrow five inches in the dirt on the other end. So it was like a telephone pole going through them, right? As long as the arrow's tuned and the sh- head sharp and you put the arrow where it's supposed to, I, I don't see how you're going to get more, more dead. Yeah, no. And I mean, it's different. Um, with me for a compound in the sense of high poundage and momentum because I kind of shoot them coming or going. Um, you know, shooting a 600 grain arrow at, you know, 280, 290. Um, you know, there's things that that arrow will do that I don't think people will realize because most guys are shooting a, not quite that much momentum. And so I can get away with high shoulder shots or maybe frontals or, you know, as much people don't want to hear that. And, and uh, where with the trad bow, I'm, not getting away with that no matter what setup I have. And so I'm, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not like uh, one thing's going to penetrate through the lungs better than the, the other, if there's plenty of, you know, arrow weight, meaning like, can you quantify a skinny penetrating more? Right. Like, right. You know, it takes some pretty in-depth testing to, to figure that out. So no, I mean, really, um, you know, part of the other thing too, is I pretty much do exactly what Tom Clum senior tells me to do. And, uh, he has not once said you should shoot skinny shafts. And so that tells me something as well. And that's another guy, uh, but, you know, much like I'm sure yourself, Bobby, you know, been there and done that, um, that, you know, they've seen every fad and everything else known to man. When I say they, meaning guys that have done it for a long time. And so I try to adhere to kind of what they tell me. So for sure. I mean, Tom's a gym. He owns a shop. He's not just his whatever, 40 years. 50 years of experience that he has, but then he's feeding off of all of his community that he's set up and hunts with. And I mean, that's so, uh, it's valuable. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Now those guys, I mean, I've got a way better, you know what? I mean, I wouldn't be able to do what I have done. So, so far, I mean, you know, I'm not, again, I'm not whatever Larry D Jones, but I, for the success <laughs> I've had, I certainly haven't, um, I would not be where I'm at without the, the guys at Rocky mountain and, and Tom Clum Cause they just helped me kind of catapult as far as form and, and everything else. Um, you know, and I have a question, I'm sure I drive them crazy. I mean, I have a question They're five minutes from my shop. I drive over there when they open, I'm like, Hey, and I'll, you know, I'll ask them and I'm, I'm sure it's like people bugging me about compound stuff. You know, I don't mind at all, but, um, sometimes I'll ask the question and I'm like, man, Google, Google is, is good, right? Google, you <laughs> right. learn that yeah. from Google. You didn't need to ask me, well, but when it comes from a guy you trust, that's huge. Yeah. You brought up one of our mentors, Larry D Jones is uh, a friend of mine. He lives, uh, out here in Oregon and, you know, I bought my first bugle and my first cow call from him and he, he hunts a lot of the same ground and. Uh, that's why I had him actually on episode one of the podcast. Uh, what a, I mean, what an awesome guy, that guy. Uh, and for uh, a guy that's been doing it for as long as he has, he, he has so much to share and he's still willing to learn new, new things. I mean, he's always evolving. Um, you know, yeah. Speak, speaking he, of, I mean, he's hard as a coffin nail from what I understand as well. Yeah. Yeah. He's a stud. Uh, D Jones is the man for sure. Cool. Yeah. Well, uh, 
What, uh, so, so your next hunting is what? You got a spring bear or spring turkey or? We're going to British Columbia in May. Nice. I have to ask my partner in crime here. Yeah, May for spring bear and then June for New Zealand. And then, uh, who knows what will pop up, but August we may go on a goat hunt. Um, but I think we're bouncing out of that one. We're going to help hopefully Cody Covey, a super good friend of ours, um, or my buddy Gus in California will draw sheep tags. Frank's going, he's having the Oreo life with milk. Represent, Frank. <laughs> um, we've been trying to eat healthy down here. Sounds it like it. difficult. Man, we went, to, we went to this, like, eerie restaurant, and this, this lady, I was like, can I, I don't know, fried chicken, like, well, once a year, and I'm like, could I have uh, four drumsticks? And she looks up, she's like, do you want foe? And I'm like, <laughs> yes, ma'am, I, I want four. And I said, I actually want that deep-fried pork chop as well. <laughs> and she looked at me, she's like, are you going to eat all this? I was like, yes, yes, ma'am. I actually can eat quite a bit more than that. And she, and then, you know, I, I drink water like constantly. And she's like, I'm going to check your plate. And I'm like, oh, don't you worry, ma'am. I'm a member of the Clean Clay Club. Um, so I'm, I'm quite certain I've gained a significant amount of weight since I've been down here. But uh, you've been hitting the, ra- the raisin brand? Man, I didn't eat any here. We didn't, we don't really, we just got milk, but I think I ate, I, that came from Lander for sure. But, you know, Lander throws a lot of stones for a fat guy. Um, it's not like he's, you know, getting after it. I think he's jealous because my metabolism's so fast. Cause, but I did legitimately eat two, um, you know, Brady Bunch box size of Raisin Bran. Um, yeah, I mean, he, I, it is astounding to him how much, uh, and Brian eats a ton too, so does Frank. But, um, I probably eat Raisin Bran once a year, and that's when I go hunt with Lander. And uh, But well, Broderick was super cool because he didn't buy any food this time. Normally he buys like a 40-pound thing of cookies. Um, he actually let us go shopping on the way down here, and we picked up um, you know the food that we wanted. So I'm not as fat as I normally would be after leaving Alabama, but the fried chicken didn't help. <laughs> or the fried pork chop. You drinking sweet <laughs> sweet tea while you're down there too? No, and they looked like I had a horn grown out my ass. They said, okay, three sweet teas, and Frank and I are like, no, we want water. And they looked back like, what the hell is water? <laughs> I know. I, I got a friend that lives in Mississippi, and he came up to visit, and everywhere we went, he's like, I'll take a sweet tea. And they look at him like, what? Uh, sweet tea, ma'am. And they're like, um, tea? Sweet tea. Uh, do you want some sugar? Like, they didn't know what he was talking about. Uh, and he was like, you guys don't got oh, yeah. sweet tea? And so when oh, I went yeah, to Mississippi, like, it was all sweet tea and deep fried okra and deep fried everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure my arteries are clogging. I'm Frank and I were laughing. We drink kombucha like crazy, right? And so, uh, do, I. so do I. I had Broad Broderick came up to the house and stayed with us in Colorado, and I gave him one. He thought it was a Snapple, so he shook it. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, don't don't open that, man. Let me give you another one. I gave it to him, and he drank like one drink and put it down. He's like, I don't know, buddy. I don't know about that kombucha. And so when we were coming down here, he's like, I tried to get you guys some of them kombuchas, buddy. I don't know where they're at. And so when we went over there, he, uh, I'm not doing my deep South accent for shit, but we went over there and, uh, found them. And, uh, but he's, uh, yeah, Broderick is, is, he's, he's got a sense of humor on him, but yeah, he, um, he eats a lot of ice cream 
and more than I can handle. I'd knock the buzzers off a shit wagon if I ate that much ice cream. <laughs> and he's pounding it down here. I kind of knew when I heard um, the podcast when you were you were talking about uh, hunting the uh, Alberta mule deer with Jeff and you were with Broderick and you went down on that stock and I think you were filming him and you were right behind him, right right on his uh, right on his shoulder. And your expressions and how excited you were when he made that uh, perfect shot on that mule deer, I was like, oh, I, I bet you, I bet you Snyder's coming, coming back. Like I could just tell your excitement. Uh, I had a feeling. Yeah. Oh no, and it's been great. I mean, I'm even until Amy, my fiance, even even she is like excited to see that I'm excited because she does not. Uh, she did not see that with me with the compound. Um, you know, she sees that, um, you know, I like it. She sees I'm accurate with it. You know, she see me shoot 3d tournaments and do, you know, well, but she doesn't see me. Um, you know, she doesn't ever see me like truly, you know, happy with that thing where, you know, I get bows compounds. They sit in the house. I don't do anything with them. I get a trad bow. It's like Christmas, right? I'm hauling ass down to Rocky mountain. I'm going to go set it up where I've had, you know, compounds sit in a box for a month or two. So right. it's just totally, you know, different, um, you know, feeling in general. So, yeah, I don't, I highly doubt I'll, uh, I'll ever, uh, you know, switch back. It's just, um, you know, I may not be <laughs> as successful, but that'll be, you know, it's totally up to me. I mean, it's going to be, you know, how much yeah. work I put into it and, and everything else. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard once you... Because I've switched back and forth over the years too, and it's it's hard once you've had success with the stick bow. You know, it's hard to it's hard to go back because then you kill something with a compound, and you're like, "Well, that was cool." I mean, it is cool, but it's not the same. And so then you think, "Ah, oh, man, I you know I could have shot that with my recurve, or I should have, or whatever." And it is, it is, it gets you, man. It gets you. It does. I just needed to really focus on. Uh not focusing on some of the negativity from the, um, the, you know, the old, uh, what is Tom Kwame calls them? The old crusties. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, you do hear, and there's negativity everywhere. I just don't get it as much on the compound side my, myself personally, but, um, you know, you do, um, I think some of the old crusties need to realize that, uh, if it wasn't for us young dumb guys like myself and, 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 uh, you know, you and some of the other, um, young dumb guys they're the old crowd is going to die at some point and who will pass it on yeah it's a, yeah right it's got to be the young guys <laughs> that's that's what that's what we're doing here i mean we're we're trying to to really promote traditional archery and the these old guys do have uh you know they're set in their ways like most old people the old guys in any in their generation if even if it's not traditional archery it's like you know, old guys are set in their ways, and and that's fine, but they do have you know the successful ones, guys like Marv Klinky, uh, Doug Borland. I mean, these guys have a lot to share, and you know we want to get that information out to the millennials and the young guys, and and they have a, a a lot of merit and a lot of stuff to share. I mean, they are awesome, in, in their own right, but at the same time, you know, we we need to be inviting. And uh, like you said, and spread, we're, we're the new generation of traditional archery, like it or not. And when we're hunting, you know, 
20 years from now, 30 years from now, um, what we do in the next 20 or 30 years is going to be where this sport is at in 20, 30 years, not what they do. They're not going to be around. Yeah, so, but, you know, we got to yeah. do, a, but we also have to remember, like, <laughs> I know James doesn't want me to talk about technology. I'm not an elitist by any means. I mean, I hunt with my, my dad and brother shoot compounds, my whole family, you know, they think I'm an idiot. They tell me that's why the Indians lost. Cause I shoot the stick bow. You know, I'm, I mean, I've been around it my whole life. But you got to remember, those old guys like Dick and those guys, a lot of those guys started our archery seasons out west. I mean, they, them and their buddies are the ones that went to the fishing game and said, hey, we don't have an archery season in the 70s. This is what we want. So, I mean, we can't forget that either. Those guys are the reason that we're out. All of us, whether we're compounds or recurves, have a bow season. It might not have happened, you know, and they yeah, might have thrown it all in with the rifle season, and then we'd all be hunting – you know, like one big season. And uh, so we got to be thankful to some of those, some of those guys. And, and there's a way to, there's a way to pass that on in a positive light too, and say, okay. And, and we, we're trying to do a good job on our podcast of that to say, there is a difference. That's why we talk to you. I mean, you know, you've been there, you've done the compound thing, you've done the recurve thing. And, and you were bow hunting, it sounds like in the early nineties, like I was. And, it was different. I mean, before range finders, before the releases, before the bows got shorter. I mean, if a guy shot something at 40 yards, even with a compound in the 80s and 90s, early 90s, that was a long shot. I mean, things are changing. And so we're trying to, and, and that's why you're hunting with the stick bow. That's why these, these guys, you know, I heard a podcast with Donnie Vincent today. He's like, I'm taking it up. Like, there is something going on oh, yeah, he's, for sure, you know, and I'm sending and, him motivational photos. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> yeah, we, we love, we love that. We yeah. love that. Like we want Donnie Vincent to get involved. It's going to be so good for traditional archery. Like I said, in the beginning of this podcast, uh, we appreciate what you're doing. I mean, it's going to help bring a lot of guys in. And I think a lot of guys need to, uh, you know, amongst our friends, and I guess it could be different in the hunting industry, but like Bob said, we have lots of friends and family that hunt with compounds, and we flick them shit, and they flick us shit about using sticks and strings. And but it's not about we're not we're, we're all hunters in the end, and we we are uh, all uh, respect each other. It, if it, it's sometimes something, yeah, I don't, I don't think. I, what I'm trying to say is, I've never, I don't think I'm better than anybody else, and anybody that does is wrong. You know, like I'm not a better hunter than the next guy. I might go a little longer, you know, piss off my wife a little more and, and go more, but I'm not a better hunter than this other guy with a compound. You know, do I believe that stick bow hunting is better and better for a sport and better for our seasons? Yes, I do. But that doesn't mean that I'm but, better than them, you know, and that's, that's the not, part that we got to, but it's not, it's not even for everybody. I mean, if you can't dedicate yourself to shooting the bow often, if you don't get to go hunt 25 out of 30 days during elk season, like, like, we, you know, like I get to, um, maybe the stick bow isn't for you. I think it's for the guy that wants to go to the next level that wants, uh, to extend his season that wants that challenge. And I mean, there's some guys that can only hunt on Saturdays. So in a, in a month they get four days in the field and they might only get to shoot their bow on Saturdays. So I'd get that, a different job. 
Sure, <laughs> sure. But I mean, that's just yeah. the reality for some guys, and that that uh, and those guys are probably uh, stick bow hunting. You know, probably isn't for them. And you know, what do I'm you fine think? With that. What do you think, Aaron? What do you think about well, that? Well, no, I mean, I agree. I agree. And I mean, when I say old crusties, I mean, that doesn't mean everyone. I have lots of friends that are, um, you know, when I say old crusties, you know, whatever, let's say 60 plus. I don't mean by their age. Uh, I mean by how they kind of act, if that the makes elitist, any sense. Like the elitist an attitude. At 40. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I have a different probably perspective on it just because of the, some of the goofy hate mail I get. Um from, from, from certain things. And, and so for me, it's like, um, let me get this right. I've seen you post and say training wheels and everything else known to man, but I say struggle stick <laughs> and you're going to cry like a girl. Yeah. Okay. Well, so why don't you take a big step back and kind of look <laughs> at what you're saying? Because I'm just joking, right? Like it is a struggle. Yeah. I think it's, it's funny. I mean, it, I, I think I'll never stop calling it the struggle stick. Uh, I think it's hilarious. Well, I think I think it's pretty but, spot on. I mean, it is a struggle to to uh, hunt the hard way, and so I mean, uh, it doesn't offend me at all. Well, it, but it, man, I tell you what, it's pissed off some people. And I mean, even I can't remember who it was—not Professional Bow Hunter Society, but um, Traditional Archery Society. Maybe you know they started this calling it the deadly stick, and I'm like, well, yeah. If you hit it in the lungs, but let's be realistic. I mean, it's not as deadly as a compound, and guys are like, oh, whatever, you know, spiel they were giving me. And I'm like, look, I don't mean disrespect to the recurve, but once you stand out there at 100 yards and let me shoot at you, I'm probably going to kill you, right? Well, I'll stand out there at 100 with that recurve. I'll catch your arrows when they're going by. Like, it is just the nature of the beast. It's what it's, that's why I'm shooting a recurve. That's why I'm yeah. shooting a trad bow. It is more difficult. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that, and it and it is a struggle. Um, you know, when I say struggle, I mean obviously you can be successful. But uh, I've gotten some funny ass emails. I had a guy, I don't mention his name, the other day. He was like called me just to hack on me. He's like, "Oh yeah, you thought you were the man. You're going to shoot something at fifty. <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, you're right. I'm green. Um, I did. I did think I'd shoot something at forty or fifty. I did shoot a deer at forty. But yeah, I mean, I was pretty." candid about the fact that um that you know that that was totally beyond my uh, capabilities even though i could hit a paper plate at 50 that you know and so i talk about that so people can understand i didn't talk about it so your dumb ass can make fun of me i actually brought it up so people can learn well that kind right. of guy even though he's a super cool dude what i was trying to convey to him was hey man if people like me don't trip fall get up and talk about it or you guys, then the people that are listening to us aren't going to learn. And that, I mean, that's what it's all about, right? We, we want to teach people and, and, and hear our struggles and what we learned. And so I was very candid about, like I am here, I thought it was 30. Yeah, I was wrong. It's closer to 30 is my effective distance <laughs> on an Alabama whitetail. Yeah. Um, I mean, if and, you don't eat crow, then I probably don't believe you like i mean if if you everybody should eat, eat some crow i mean you, you have to be learning if you're not eating crow you're not learning you have to to make adjustments uh, as you move through any experience yeah oh yeah for for sure and I, you know and at the end i mean my my big thing is obviously the what i get out of it myself the excitement the adrenaline you know i'm an adrenaline junkie to begin with i mean all my 
you know, friends give me crap. You know, you get charged by a grizzly. I'm excited, right? Like Brian shit in his pants. I'm like, woohoo, let's do that again. <laughs> well, if I can't get that adrenaline from a compound, and I and I don't that much, but I get it on a dough, um, yeah, that's important to me that I, you know, that's that's cool for me. Now, you know, you do have, again, and I won't mention names, um, some of the people in the outdoor industry that, that do kind of poke jokes about trad guys. Why don't you go shoot a spike or a forked horn? And it's like, you know what? One, get off your high horse. Two, run, because I'm going to beat the shit out of you because you're a dickhead. <laughs> and then three, everybody hunts for their own reasons, right? Everybody, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. guys that hunt Tinkara, you know, if you're Tinkara fishing, you're certainly not doing it to catch whoppers, right? You're doing it no. difficult. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's just the same thing. I don't have to go to the gym every day. I do. I want to be fit, right? I want, I, I want to challenge myself. It is just as easy to, you know, sit at home. Well, it, it is just as easy to grab a rifle. Nothing wrong with any of that. But we're all in this together. We're all doing it for our own reasons, and we all should, should be very accepting of that um, because we certainly have enough enemies not to get to Donnie Vincent on you and start preaching. But um, <laughs> I think people need to really, like, take a step back. And Donnie and I are super close. We're good friends. I mean, he's, he's funny. He's like, dude, can it be done? I'm like, what are you asking me for, dude? <laughs> yes, obviously, for my short career and recurve shooting, it can be done. I'm like, but well, dude, there's people who've been killing shit with recurve a long time. I'm like, but you need to, you know, do X, Y, and Z. This is important. And, uh, you know, I told him, I said, you need to see a coach, fly out, see Tom, because, you know, he, we sponsor him, too, or we, you know, he works at Kefaru. I'm like, fly out to Kefaru, we'll do some videos, we'll do a podcast, we're going to drive five minutes down the road, and you're going to spend three days with Tom. Yes. Start that base platform. Start, start off right. And then after that, you can kind of, you know, you can make phone calls or whatever. And he, you can tell he's in like I was, like he's totally geeked out, ready to roll. <laughs> oh, he's overanalyzing it a little bit. I can tell, um, but he's going to be just fine. Yeah. I mean, he's a killer, right? I mean, he's going to get, yeah. he's going to get it done. Um, he's going to stumble like we all have and fall down. And um, that, that is one thing you that Thank God I'm good at dusting myself off and getting back on the horse because you know, I've fallen off the horse, well, four times in the last four days. No, three times in the last four <laughs> days here. And that first time I fell off the horse, it was a Clydesdale, and it was running. When I missed that buck opening morning, I was like, well, damn. So I guys like, well, whatever, I'll get one, don't worry about it, kind of shucked it off and got, got back, jumped up in the tree stand, flung some arrows, really worked on concentrating on that, that shot out of the tree stand. I wasn't used to it. Um, you know, a couple of days later, I shot a, I guess, from what everybody tells me in Alabama, a great buck. Um, but, you know, if you let that get to you, you're only as good as your last shot. And you're only good as, as, as your mind can, can, you can control it. Um, and I'm not a brain doctor by any means, but I think one of the things I have going for me is I can shuck things off my shoulders real quick and get back in the saddle. I, I don't let things affect me too much mentally. I think people need to realize that, too. You're not probably going to be successful out of the gate probably not going to be as successful if you were just shooting a gun you know you might be but you're not might might not be you know remember what you're you're doing it for you're, you're certainly not doing it for an overwhelming amount of success you're doing it for how you feel when you finally are successful uh, or for me and uh and i think that's important for people to stop and think about if they get down on themselves a little bit when they first get into you know traditional archery for sure and also i mean now with podcasts and with Tom Clum and Joel Turner, like it's, 
the learning curve is is easier for guys. You know, back when I was starting in the nine early nineties, you know, I had instinctive shooting by Fred Asbell, you know, and that was the only book you had. And it's like a baseball, you know. So until I killed that first animal, it was like it was like magic. I I didn't know really what I was doing, you know, and it took forever. So I mean use those use those guys because it helps a lot. It speeds it up for sure. Yeah. No for for sure. And I mean senior talks about it all the time with the you know the snap shooters like Howard Hill and Asbell and and uh you know, that, that, that was the way to do it back then, but obviously things evolve and, um, you know, especially for me in the, in the compound deal, um, the whole, uh, execution of the shot and how he's taught me and explained just makes sense. You know what I mean? And, and performing back tension where, you know, if I snap shoot, um, it's just, a, it's a quick snowball effect downhill. So I, I try to concentrate on what he teaches, which is, I think is important. Um, I think it's, it's a better learning technique for sure. Absolutely. Well, I think, uh, we should get together and do this, uh, as often as you're willing to do so and stay up on the, uh, trad life. Yeah. Thanks for coming on buddy yeah. and, and go kill that big buck tomorrow. Huh? Okay. Yes. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks again for joining us on the podcast. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play. Right now we're doing a giveaway with Addictive Archery and Sherwood Shafts. Leave us a review and we will be giving away a custom dozen arrows from Sherwood and Addictive Archery to your specs. Don't forget to tell your friends about the podcast. We do appreciate it. Check us out at tradquest.com. We're on Instagram, Facebook. Keep the wind in your face. Pick a spot and shoot straight. Thank you.